Hey, what is up, man? Uh, or lady. Welcome back to the Surviving the Cancel podcast. Um, I'm still working on the Surviving the Cancel Summit, where you know leaders on the summit will teach you how to make a transformational business, you know, business that transforms people's lives and build mass movements and really impacts people and change the world. Um, the summit will probably be released. Uh, you'll be you'll be able to you know register for it for free, maybe next month or something like that. But um, yeah. In the meantime, I've been interviewing a lot of people, and you know, I've also still been in the process of putting together an intro for this podcast. So that's a little bit about what's been going on recently. But uh, further beyond that, what I want to talk about in this episode is, you know, a lot of people, you know, they have trouble, you know, being the leader of their movement and being the identity uh, that people look up to and follow and, and, and desire to emulate. Uh, having a voice, finding your voice and, and, and being a leader of your mass movement can be a tedious process, can be a process that's full of fear and you don't really know if, you know, it's something that you can do on your own um, and all these different things, it can, it can be very difficult and so I want to give you a little strategy to kind of get beyond what it is that you're experiencing um, I want to take you back to the past, and this was November of 2019 I've already, you know, covered parts of this story before, but I want to cover, you know, in a little bit more detail. Um, 2014 was a time in my life where I was, I just quit my job at the Target that September um, because I had been held up at an armed robbery, dropped out of college with a zero GPA, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to dive feet first into what it is that I want to do as an entrepreneur, you know, being at a job and, and working is something that really killed my soul and made me unhappy. And being in an armed robbery situation and detecting the brevity of life, it, it, it made me just want to live every day in a real way. Like, I didn't want to, you know, waste my time, waste my energy on things that I didn't care about anymore. I wanted to really get the ideas that I believed in out to the world and form mass movements around them and have a business, along, you know, that represents all of that. And so that my ideas can be profitable, sustainable and feed me and feed my life and feed the people around me as well as further promote itself. Um, which is what this podcast is all about, even if that idea or even if that business is something that society and the people around me don't agree with. Um, and, and, and they did. And there was a lot of turmoil, you know, around that. But, you know, I was pretty much at a, you know, at the beginning of the trial, at the beginning of the valley, at the beginning of entering the desert, you know, some of the hardest parts of my life where I don't have money, I don't have a bank account, I have a low credit score. Um, and the onset of that journey started with me just trying to make money as a freelance writer um, long story short, first do freelance writing programs, I mean freelance writing, freelancing sites, and then because freelance sites like limited the amount of money that I can make, um, it eventually led to me doing, having people call me and getting on cold calls, whether I pitched the person or whether I sent someone else out to pitch them through an affiliate program or whether they called me through, you know, somehow just discovering my Calendly link, um, I had I, essentially what was going on was I was having sales calls, uh, and I would sell people on the phone uh, on my freelance writing services. Um, so one sales call that I can remember in particular, because at that point in time I was just trying to survive, I was just trying to get money and fulfill the goals I described to you earlier. Um, the first sales call was from some guy in Washington. I think he was an older guy in his forties. His name was Jimmy, and I got on that sales call and I didn't even ask for the sale because I was nervous about it. Um, the next few calls, you know, kind of passed the same way, but it was one call I remember in particular that kind of 
you know, changed my mindset on, you know, asking for the sale. Um, you know, my problem with asking for the sale is I've grown up so poor. I've a thousand dollars, you know, at that point in time, and even still sometimes in my life now, you know, was was like the most money in the world. I never had a thousand dollars in my bank account. I never made a thousand dollars doing anything. Um, you know, because I'd grown up so poor, and I, you know, without money, without cash, without without seeing it around me in, in a physical form, and so. You know, my freelance writing services for 10,000 words, 30 pages was going to be a thousand dollars or more. And so for those first phone calls, because it seemed like such a uh, massive undertaking, you know, I didn't really even ask for the sale. Not, not didn't really. I didn't ask for the sale at all. It wasn't until a phone call that I had with this guy named John Adams. Um, he lived in. He, he runs the wealth account on um, Instagram, a huge account. You know, and I got on the phone with him, and I remember he was just making so much money, like, you know. I was talking to him. I didn't even ask him for the sale, but I remember talking. Like he started the spark, you know, he you know, inside of me that eventually formed to the courage to ask for the sale. Because I remember hopping on the phone with this dude and just talking about what he wants his book to be, you know, all this different stuff. And that you know conversation eventually took a turn to where we're talking about you know his business and what he's doing in his life. And he's like, man, I'm running this social media marketing agency. We're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, and some of my clients are billionaires. And I have to hop on the phone and you know, negotiate, you know, six, seven figure, you know, contracts with these people. And he was describing me a time in his life, for me a time in his life. And I guess he sensed it in my approach to this entire situation that I was a little new to it. He described to me a, a, a moment in his life where, you know, at the onset of things, he was nervous to ask for even a thousand or two thousand or ten thousand um, dollars, even though his services were worth that amount. Like he described being literally in my same position, being nervous and being scared. And then one day, you know, he just, you know, I guess he was tired of his circumstances. He decided to dive, you know, both feet in, you know, to the deep end and, and just do it. And it worked. And since then, he did it again and again and again and again to the point where he became comfortable with the idea of asking for the sale and, and actually fulfilling on, you know, you know, undertaking the task of fulfilling on what it is that he had sold, what it is that was promised in his sales call and his sales messages. Um, he told me at the end of the conversation to cap it all off. You know, you just got to do it and you do it over and over and over and over again. And eventually it becomes muscle memory. Eventually it becomes normalized. Eventually it becomes just another part of your life. And um, I took that advice and I hung up the phone. I didn't ask him for the sale, but I was to have a phone call with him, a follow-up phone call with him uh, that following Friday. And I was just determined, like, bro, no matter what happens, I'm going to ask for the sale. I'm going to ask for the sale and it's going to be $1,000. As that week went on, I negotiated with myself, like, okay, I'm going to ask for 400 or maybe 700 Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it was always a part of me, like a little seed in my belly was like, okay, you're going to ask for the full sale and that's that's really it. Long story short, Friday, I call him and, you know, he's boxing in his gym or whatever. He lives in a mansion down in Palm, Palms Beach, Florida, whatever place called. Um, he wasn't able to get on the phone that time. Um, a few more attempts at calling him went by that same way or DMing him on Instagram until um, I just really just stopped trying and let that sale fall to the wayside. Um, as, you know, as the story goes, a few weeks later, or maybe even a week later, a few days later, rather, uh, there in November, you know, I got on my first sales call with someone that wasn't him and I ended up asking for the sale and you know 
it, it was a, you know pretty simple process you know the lady was like yeah you know okay okay sure i mean that's that's what it, like they didn't question it there was no beating around the bush there was no gasp or anything it wasn't even a moment you know she didn't even take time to think about it i said i went through the entire sales call and then at the end of the sales call i was like okay um is this a service that you'd be interested in she was like yes and i'd be like okay well that'd be uh 9.97 um i'm going to send you a little order form right after this call that you can you know you know fill in and enter your uh your card information and we can get this done and she's just like okay like it wasn't really a big deal at all and um that moment kind of changed you know obviously i got the sale you know i accomplished something but it, it internally it transformed me as a person like it really made me realize anything in life you know most things in life first off you know the anticipation of it is a lot more harmful and greater in terms of pain than the actual event. Wrestling was like that in a lot of ways. I remember my first wrestling match. It was such a big thing. Like everything was like, oh man, like you know, like I was absolutely terrified to take the mat, and it was a flurry of exchanges, and it was over with. And uh, fast forward to my senior year, I would still get nervous for matches, but not nearly to the same degree. Like it was like, you know, I, I felt full confidence that I would win every match that I stepped on the mat for very seldom that I feel like it was an insurmountable challenge or the nerves exceeded a point where I was like back into that terrified category. Um, you know, even, even, even I, like, you know, I podcast every day. I make videos every now and then. Um, one of the big things, like I, I remember first downloading Instagram. I think I was a junior in high school and it was over. It was like either spring or the summertime. I remember downloading Instagram and I remember it was back in Maryland in my neighbor, you know, in a neighborhood a little, like about a mile up the street from where I lived. Um, you know, Maryland is a beautiful place, obviously. A lot of trees, a lot of grass everywhere. It was spring. It was a beautiful time. Um, and we were getting close to the sunset, probably six or seven. And so the sun was setting. Um, it was kind of already a little bluish outside. So maybe the sun had gone just, you know, a tent below the horizon. Um, I was sitting on this, you know, on this curb. Um, I think, you know, the road, the, the road was Taylor Avenue. And I was sitting on, you know, it's, it's hard to explain. You know, there was a main road that sliced through the neighborhood, that sliced through like a main road in any state or any county. It was a main road. That, that, that's what Taylor Avenue was. But I was sitting on like this little offshoot road that kind of like connected to Taylor Avenue and curved in like a J curve um, up into another road. It, it's, it's kind of hard, hard to explain. Um but I was sitting on the sidewalk, okay? And I don't remember who I was with. I must have been with either of my friends, Nate or Morgan. But that was the day I got downloaded Instagram. And I remember sitting on that curve for about 30 minutes to an hour, retaking over and over and over and over again the first picture that I would post to Instagram because I was terrified to actually post a picture to Instagram. Like, it was a big deal to me. I remember I was wearing um, this, this shirt. Uh, what is it called? Um a baseball tee it has a different name but we're going to call that for lack of a better word it was like a a baseball tee um it was white and brown stripes and i remember you know i, I was wearing i believe you know khaki cargo shorts and you know some little nike blazer shoes that i had and i remember sitting like trying every different angle and taking pictures over and over again sitting on that curve and just being like why is this picture so ugly like why like why is this like, why do i look like that it looks weird da, 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 da. like and i was i was procrastinating and I remember saving even the picture, and I don't even know if I posted it then or if I went home and posted it later, but I remember just being, making like a huge deal out of posting this picture on Instagram because I was terrified to 
put my image online and have a profile and things like that. You know, um, it's been a long journey for me. And I've even blocked my parents on social medias because, you know, in the past, because in, in came up with aliases and different names because I didn't want people to see my content that knew me and all type, types of different things, you know. Um, it's gone very, very deep, you know. Um, I've always been very, very hyper aware of what's going on on my media accounts and who's seeing my stuff and, you know, what does this look like and, and all sorts of things, particularly when I was a lot younger. Um, but as time has gone on with all these ventures I've embarked on, you know, they've shrunk into meaninglessness. You know, they've shrunk into a into an era without meaning. And nowadays I post on Instagram and just walk away. I don't even think twice about it. I don't even think about who's commenting. I upload on YouTube. I don't think about who's commenting. I, I upload on the podcast and I forget that I've even uploaded it. Like, I just do it and walk away. Um, and for you, someone who wants to create a podcast or create a show and create a following, therefore, you know, who wants to lead a social move, who wants to have a voice, who wants to be a leader in your domain, um, it really comes down to just starting, you know, Stephen Larson told a story on his content machine mastery. Uh, uh, I, I believe that was called workshop that he was doing on YouTube. He was, uh, he was filming a course, uh, and allowing people to watch live and for free as he filmed it. And he talked a lot about when he was first publishing content, he was terrified to speak in front of the camera. He was talking about how he would go to Russell Brunson and ask for the tactics and strategies and frameworks of how to actually break through this wall of, of fear and, 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 and begin publishing and be the perfect leader and, and not be embarrassed and all these things. And Russell Brunson would just tell him over and over again, man, like there's no tactics, there's no strategies, there's no framework. There's just beginning. And as you begin, you know, you begin to find your voice, you begin to know who you are and you begin to actually gain traction and understand what it is that people want. And further that traction, therefore, you begin to understand where you fit in the marketplace just by starting, just by going. And if you play sports or whatever you, you know, if you play sports or done any type of challenges in your life, it's probably been the same way. Like maybe me as a wrestler, you know, I started not knowing who I was as a wrestler. But as you wrestle, as you practice, go on, goes on, you, you find, you know, the optimal moves for your body type and for your skill set. You find the moves that have a greater success rate for you and who you are and how they work. You know, you find out what works in your favor. You develop a style. Um, it, even, you know, video games, you know, you decide who you're going to be in video games. In Halo, you can decide to be run and, you know, just shoot then melee, or you can decide to be somebody that's straight side to side with the battle rifle. You know, you, you choose who you want to be. Uh, but you can't, you can you can't possibly know who you're going to become and, and have it all mapped out until you begin until you start and starting is the cure for all uh it's kind of what he was describing so what it comes down to if you're scared you know to start your you know your media accounts if you're scared to you know embark on a social media journey and do what it is that you have to do um what it comes down to is a psychological principle uh of how everyone faces fear and and, and overcomes one of the ways we all face fear and overcome is a principle called systematic desensitization. And what it means is that essentially the more you're exposed to that variable in which you fear, the less you'll be sensitive to it. You know, um, in life, you know, repeated exposure to inexperience reduces our sensitivity to it. You know, um, the more you do something, the less you consider it important, the less you think about it. And the more it becomes just another vague reality of life. Um, 
you know, the first time you've been to the beach, the first time you flew on a plane, the first time you've done anything is, in the first few times, is usually the most depthful, the most memorable, the most, the most terrifying or the most happy. And then, you know, the sensation of it all begins to drop off as time goes on. And it's, it's, it's just the same. If you, if you want to build a transformational business, it, you know, and have, you know, essentially have, if you want to speak what it is that's in your heart, be a thought leader in that category and have a movement that pays you for your advice in that category. First and foremost, obviously go to the summit, the Surviving the Cancer Summit, because that's what it's all about. You know, particularly if your ideas are something that society rallies against that people around you don't want to hear, like entrepreneurship. You say you want to be an entrepreneur, your you know, your friends and family are going to say, no, don't do that. They cancel you for that idea, um, especially if you have an unpopular opinion. You know, go, go on and take the Surviving the Cancel Summit you register for, 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 for the Surviving to Cancel Summit. It'll be absolutely free at survivingtocancel.com. And it'll probably be live in the next month or so. Um, and it, it'll be all about that. But 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 truly, you know, at the base of things, man, I do want to say just, just start. Just begin and, and just go for it. Because, you know, with time, things, you know, clarity will come, will come around. Um, that's really all I have to say for, for this episode, man. Um, finding your voice is just about going just about doing it every day and every day and the feedback that you experience you know that you'll have will, will shape you also you know you might not feel like you're ready but you are ready you're ready right now you know the best time to start is always right now you know because you know you you're not going to find out in the first place who you want to be without feedback you know um so yeah that's pretty much all i have to say for this episode you know be a leader today um yeah, that's pretty much it. And do not miss the summit. It's coming up, like I said, probably next month. Survivingcancel.com. Um, and it's the Surviving to Cancel Summit. It'll teach you how to get your, even your most unpopular opinions uh, out into the world, you know, as a thought leader of those opinions and gather a mass of people, a social movement around those unpopular opinions or just those regular opinions of people that will pay for that advice and how to build on top of that. You know, because people are paying for it. It's it's a business now, a transformational business that goes on to induct people into this school of thought and change their lives and impact them indefinitely. So, survivingcancel.com, and thanks for listening to Surviving to Cancel podcast. My name is Dallas, and uh, I would appreciate it if you would subscribe to this podcast and further listen to it, as well as rate and review, because it helps you know the ideas that we're talking about here go even further. Um, And so without further ado, man, peace out. I appreciate you for listening.